Hello and welcome to the latest Forever Blue podcast. Uh, my name is Ian Cheeseman. As ever, I'll be hosting the event here. It's a Manchester City podcast, a football podcast, and uh, we do this every single week. I'm not sure quite how we're going to do it over the festive period, uh, but uh, there'll sh- surely be something that will go up during the festive period. Um, first thing I want to do is do a big shout out to the newest of my sponsors, which is Counting King. Now, let me give you a little bit of an idea of what they are. It might apply to you, this, particularly if you're running a business. They are absolute experts in R&D tax credits, which basically means that if you're a, a company, uh, research and development is what R&D is. They're a type of tax incentive provided by governments to encourage companies to invest in research and development activities. Now, I've I've known about Counting King for quite a while, and they are proper experts in what they do, very fast growing as well. So clearly what they do works, and you'll find that they can save your mo- your company a lot of money by these R&D tax credits. So um, give them a shout, R&D tax credits. They're based in Salford, and if you get through to them and you talk to them, just look on their website, by the way, search them, Google them, tell them that you came from Forever Blue, and uh, they'll probably give you an even better deal. So uh, thanks very much to them. Now, my guests this week, as ever, we try to get on uh, a former player or a former manager. Unfortunately, we couldn't do that this week, so we've ended up with uh, Craig Cash, who (laughs) you might know as a comedian and a superstar of um, things like the Royal Family. Um, And these days, you hear his voice on Gogglebox, but he's a massive blue. Um, And he knows his stuff and I know that um, he'll be a great guest tonight. So first of all, Craig, thanks for, for coming on the podcast again. I mean, before, but thanks very much for doing that. You're very welcome, Ian. It's lovely to uh, be a part of a show that I've listened to for many years and uh, enjoyed. So, uh, yeah, and uh, I'm sorry I'm not an ex-City manager, but <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> Obviously, um, you if you've been a regular listener, which I know you have, because you you whenever I see you, you always say oh, I like I liked his contribution and her contribution. What have you thought about Paul and Steve when you've listened to them? Then because they're the two <laughs> guests on today. <laughs> to be honest, they're, they've been brilliant. I've lived, I've, I've loved all the contributors. Uh, yeah, <laughs> over the years, yeah, they've uh, they, they all bring a little something different, don't they? I see Paul, he's often, uh, or nearly sworn, and he's often inebriated. When I... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so am I, so. Hey. That cannot surely be the case. To the sober, That's not the Paul I know. Anyway, um, that's pretty much to the three of you. Now, first of all, we've got to start by looking at City's current form. Um, obviously, the weekend, we're recording this on Monday evening. Uh, City went to Luton, went behind, but came back to win by two goals to one. The previous midweek, um, since the last podcast, was a trip to Aston Villa, when personally, I thought Villa played City off the park. And I'm being really honest, um, I thought they were sensational. They played almost like City have done at their very best, uh, very slick moving the ball around. And it was no disgrace to lose that game, although City were not really at it. And I think 1-0 probably flattered them. Obviously, at Luton, it was a, a sort of a bounce back, if you like, and they certainly reacted at half-time and produced what they needed to win. But how would you assess those two performances in particular, Craig, and where City are generally at the moment? Uh, <laughs> up. A certain creek without a paddle. No, uh, no, no. Seriously, they, 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 
they were poor against uh, Villa. I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember a time under Pep that they've looked as second best as they looked on uh, against them. And like you said, they were played off the park. Um, we're obviously a different beast when we uh, when when we're without uh, Rodri. Uh, that's clear. Everybody knows that. Uh, I think we're sort of. I don't. I, I think they want it as badly. I mean, you know, I, I know if you listen to Gary Neville, you, you, he, he, he would have you believe otherwise that complacency has set in. I don't think it's complacency. I think there might be a kind of, if you like, a cumulative fatigue over kind of being the best team in in uh, the land and all the world for the last I don't know how many years, um, but clearly. We've not been as good, you know, as as we certainly left off uh, last season. It reminded me. Of, it's reminded me of a time, you know, when do you remember Pep's first season in charge when um, we were win, 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 and then we played strangely enough. We played Celtic in the uh, Champions League, and they came at us in. Uh, I, I think. Was it a three-all draw or something like that? It was something I can't, you know, it was about 16, 17 season, wasn't it? And then everybody thought, oh, hang on a minute, you can have a go at these. And there were complaints about the defence and everything. And then we, I think we got beat to kind of Spurs and then Everton and then Barca beat us. And everybody gained a bit of confidence from it. And it was much the same when we played Chelsea. They came at us and shocked us a bit. And it was four all. We kind of didn't know what to do, and I feel like we've it's it's felt much the same ever since. You know, then Liverpool had a goal. They weren't as scared, and then Leipzig had a goal, but we we, we turned that around. Uh, and then obviously Spurs. And by the time we played Villa, they were licking the lips, you know, because uh, they they were on form. You know, they've been a, a, a long run of winning games at, at Villa Park, and then we're thinking, well, City aren't completely at it here. And they properly went through us. And in that particular game, I mean, Pet, we know we like, you know, we had problems, we had people out, injured, not on, on form. And we know he likes to fix things, he likes to find solutions to problems, doesn't he? Um, and whether it be a tactical solution or team selection solution or, you know, and sometimes they straightforward fixes. Sometimes, you know, like, like one winger for another winger. Well, sometimes they're not as straightforward. You know, you put John Stones in the middle or whatever. And sometimes they're quite bizarre solutions. And I think that, you know, he, he played like three defenders in midfield or whatever that against Villa. And that was a kind of a, a bit of a bit bizarre fix. It's a bit like, I mean, uh, I know Paul, you you run a garage, don't you? Mm, a, yeah. An, an analogy to it. If if Pep was a mechanic at, at your place, uh, not that you could afford his wages in the first place. <laughs> if, if he was, it feels like you know you might go into him. You, you might you might take your car in there and he, he'll be he, he'll have thought of a million ways to fix the car but some days and on this day we played Villa it's like you'd go in and he's the mechanic and 
you'd say, well, I couldn't fix your brakes, but I've made your horn a bit louder. So it's like sometimes they kind of work, sometimes they're kind of off the mark, but nobody's ever going to criticise him. And it's not pet. It's a mixture of everything. I, I don't I don't know how better to, to kind of sum it up. What do you guys think? Well, just before the experts, I'm a comedian. <laughs> just before I bring the other two experts in, uh, let me ask you to <laughs> let me let me just put this to to everybody. Really, Pep put up a very rough <clears throat> defence of exactly what you talked about, uh, Craig, about this accusation from Gary Neville of complacency. And I, I was sat in that press room, and I and I, you know, I'm not far away. I could look him in the eyes. And you can tell a lot from body language and uh, rather than when you watch it on a two-dimensional screen or you just see the written word that comes out of the press conference. And I felt that he really believed what he was saying. You know, he said there are no simple answers to this. Everybody wants a one-sentence answer, you know, a sort of soundbite answer, if you like. You know, what went wrong? Oh, Rodri was missing or this or that. And he said it's a lot more complicated than that. He said my players have not lost any of their incentive to, to win they all want to win they all go out and try the hardest but we lost two particularly two key players in Ilkay Gundogan and Riyad Mahrez who he said both wanted to go he wanted them to stay thank them very very much for what their contributions were but wished that they'd stayed but wasn't prepared to stand in their way and stop them he's now brought in Kovacic and he's brought in Nunes in the sort of midfield areas and Doku on the wing um, and obviously Gvardiol, you could argue, has replaced um, Americ Laporte. So there's been a few little changes like that. Clearly, Kevin De Bruyne is not playing. So to say that there's a simple reason for all this, according to him, and I agree with him, he is a genius, and I, you know, I would uh, bow in his sort of footsteps. You know, he he knows that this is a complex thing that's going to take time to sort out, and I, I think this season. City aren't going to win the treble. Oh, wow, shock, horror. Um, I don't think they're going to do it again because this is sort of a season where things have to change. Do you see it that way, Craig? Uh, well, I hope not because I've had a good bet on him at the book. <laughs> 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 no, it, it, it is, it is a, a long shot. I think they'll, I think they'll win one of the three. Um, but it, it it's it's a tall order, as everybody knows. Otherwise, somebody would be doing it every every year. Um, I don't. I, but do you know what? I, I I wouldn't bet against them, cheesy. I know I'm ever the optimist, but I wouldn't bet against it. But that said, it 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 is a taller order. We don't seem as robust as we were last year. Um. Everybody isn't firing. We're getting injuries. It'll be great when De Bruyne is back and maybe Stone stays fit. Rodri doesn't keep picking up bookings or, you know, um, suspensions. Uh, we've got the wherewithal to do it, but it's it's whether the stars align and, um, you know, the stars don't align that often. Let's bring in the experts then. Um, you've heard what, you've heard oh, what, thanks, you made me feel great. <laughs> you've heard what Craig's got to say, you too. Who's that idiot? <laughs> tell, tell us what you think. 
And what worries me is that that's what Paul said to me when I took my car to his garage. Can <laughs> 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 I put it on a, an unbrighter note then? Is that we've lost one a game, one game in eleven. Uh, drawn three and won the rest. So let's look at it that way. Yeah, we know it's not flowing like it did last year at times. And KDB is a massive miss. But it, it, it's going to be like getting a, a world-class signing in January when he comes back to us. Like, and Craig said rightly there, John Stones, we could do with John Stones staying fit. Wednesday was just a bad day at the office all around. It was a dreadful performance. But also they've done there. If we if you look at the team, we had four centre halves, two full backs, a goalkeeper. We only had four offensive players on the pitch, and uh, we lost to an up and coming team. And uh, they, who've, who've, like you know, you said they, they deserve to beat us, and we're not humble uh, enough to admit things like that. They did. They des- they got everything they deserved, and they followed it up well by beating Arsenal on Saturday as well. Yesterday was a great win, I thought. In a times that was uh, a little bit tricky, we went one nil down to probably their one of their only efforts in the game, I think, and then a, a great second half comeback. So, I, it, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. I'm not saying like Craig said, we're not. We might not win the treble, but uh, we we are going to get there, and we're going to be. We're four points off the top, which is less than last year. So uh, we're through to the. We can play a reserve team on Wednesday if we want. The FA Cups to come as well. Yeah. Just wonder while I've got you talking, Stephen, I know you're at both Villa and Luton. Uh, and obviously, I did a, a YouTube vlog to show a little bit of what it was like at Luton, particularly. Give us, tell us about your experience. What was it like going back there? <laughs> it was fantastic, I thought. It was, uh, first of all, I had to put the tickets up at the ticket office, which was like a corner shop. So that, that was uh, an achievement in itself. And then uh, just just the stands and the, the houses that surround it. I took one of my sons down and he, he was just absolutely flabbergasted by it all. But I said, this is like proper old football, this. And it was really, really enjoyable, to be honest. The, the, the thing made me laugh was unreserved seating. You know, so like you didn't have a seat. You just got in there and picked a seat. <laughs> It was a it was a good day, and uh, I don't know about you, but I, they were probably some of the friendliest stewards we have ever encountered for the last few seasons. They were all smiling, they were welcoming, they were chatting to you, and I thought, have we, have we come to somewhere different? Completely, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is the they're treating us like people, not like football fans. <laughs> That's very yeah. true. I mean, I, I wrote a newspaper column, which I put up a little bit earlier on, and it was only very brief, my comment on the experience at Luton. I didn't particularly have any experiences with the stewards, though I take what you said completely on board. But what I did say, and even though it was old school and it was nice to sort of go back, um, I also recounted when I started my broadcasting career and I picked up my ticket at the press door as I went in. And that press door is still there in the same <laughs> place, looks exactly the same. Uh, I On the way to Greece when City played in that Super Cup, I actually called in at, at Luton's ground when they were building the new stand with the new TV gantry that they had to build. But what they haven't done is they haven't touched the away end. I can't speak for the rest of the ground. But in all seriousness, when I went to the, uh, the lavatory afterwards, um, the... 
urine was oh, and i don't want to be too graphic about it, it was was overflowing it was horrible it really was disgusting in there now i know we as you know male football fans particularly of a certain generation have probably been used to that down the years but we're in the 21st century it was disgusting and the staircase that went up once you'd been through the people's houses and started climbing through the gardens into the stand you went up this staircase and I looked at it and I was there quite early to get my unreserved seat allocation or standing place as it is really and I thought this is a death trap I mean it hasn't happened thankfully and hopefully it never will but I looked at the staircase and I thought that it, somebody falls down that and it's slippery and uh, that there could be an accident there. And then the view, of course, is just awful. So whilst I understand why you would enjoy the novelty of it and the reminder of certainly reminding me of where we all came from, sure, that shouldn't be allowed in the 21st century, a place like that, should <clears> it? I wait till you get to Red Star Belgrade next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're met by a goat. <laughs> well, Paul and I are off to Red Star Belgrade tomorrow, along with our friend John. So we'll see. I believe, I believe there is only one single door in and out of that away end, isn't it? Is that that's what Andy told us on a yes. previous podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... should be fun. But I, I believe though the the reason that they flood the toilets like that is because urine is a very good degreasant, so yeah. it will stop you slipping on the steps. That's there for a. Uh, Health and safety reasons, I believe. Are you telling me that your garage is like that because you've got oil yep. on the floor? Yeah. I'm not I never get a toilets anymore. I've oh, never got a Veruca and I've never been stung by a jellyfish on my feet, so uh, it works as straight. <laughs> what, what do you mean? I tried that old degreasant line with a missus when I went in the water drop last Saturday night. But it didn't go down too well. <laughs> Just put it in touch with me, I'll back her up. I've got the I've got the scientific proof. <laughs> go on, Paul, what's your what's your verdict on what you've seen from City recently? Um, to be honest with you, I, I don't think we've been firing all cylinders all season, if I'm you know, if I'm being perfectly honest. I keep expecting us to sort of kick in. And then go on the, you know, like a, a, an amazing run again. Um, you I think, think this team, in all honesty, is capable of at, at the moment of that run? Not at the moment. I don't. I, I, I think after Christmas, yeah. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm just thinking there's too many players at the moment that are trying. Are just finding the feet. You know, like you mentioned earlier, we brought these new players in, and it's pretty. It's pretty well known that it takes you know a good season for these players to get into it. I mean, Doku's sort of like he's been he's been getting all the, the plaudits and everyone's been raving about him but I'm not saying he's a bad player but he's he brings something different to the team and it's it's that kind of maverick maverick playing to the team if you know what I mean he's like King Cladzi should we, should we go down that route nobody knows what he's doing I don't think he knows what he's doing himself sometimes so <laughs> it can be difficult for other te- other players around him to play with him once he's calmed down a little bit, if you like, and and there's more more end product to what to what he gives us, and this isn't having a go at him. I'm just you know saying what I've seen. Um, I think once he settles settles down a little bit, I think then it'll it'll get a lot better because you know we've certainly not you know Harlan's been missing um, De Bruyne, um, the players around who've come come in into that position. I'm really stepped up and, and give him the service that he's, he's, he's needed, really. So where he was kicking in towards the end of last season, 
we've gone a bit backwards with 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 Haaland, I think. Um the defence just looks a bit a bit ropey, to be honest. Um I thought Aki had an absolute outstanding game again. I've never seen him have a bad one, if I'm being honest. Um but we just seem to be having a few players that aren't quite on it. And whether it's that bit of a hangover from last year, I don't know. Um, I believe um, he's got a new girlfriend from Celebrity Love Island or something, hasn't he, um, uh, Ruben? So, um, you know, he might be having a few sleepless nights, shall we say, you know. So once the initial romance wears off, maybe he might have a bit more energy after Christmas. So uh, I don't know. Um but yeah, I just don't think we have. I keep I keep going down the route and thinking when I watch us play, I sometimes think we've been sussed out here. The opposition sussed us out, and I'm so glad that Aston Villa won again at weekend because normally what happens is a team plays us, they beat us or you know draw with us like Chelsea and and what have you. Um, and I'm so glad Villa won at weekend and kept it going. And it, they didn't put it all in against us. It wasn't just the team having their World Cup final against us, um, you know. So that was that was nice to see because everyone was well. I was expecting um, to get beat at weekend because he put it all in against us. Um, so yeah, I just don't think we've we've quite hit the levels that we we can do. But when we do, um, somebody's going to get a right spanking. You think Aston Villa are now in this title race? Any of you? Yeah, why not? There's no consistency. There's no consistency at the top. Um, you know, everybody seems to be beating everybody, getting draws. I mean, look at look at this, the the them across the road. I mean, they're having a terrible season, but they're not really that far behind us. They've had a lot of results that have papered over the cracks. Um, I mean, at weekend they got a proper hammering, didn't they? Which was fantastic. So, um, I, I I just don't think. There's any consistency in the league apart from your teams like your Aston Villa that's that's coming as well, you know. So yeah, I I certainly definitely put them in as title contenders. Why not? When you say across the road, you've caused me in the next borough, um, not not across yeah, the them road, from Stratford, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. But do, do you yeah. do the other two, um, Craig and and Steve? Do you think Villa are the real deal, or are we just going to expect them to fall? I noticed by the way their next couple of games are a little easier than maybe Arsenal and Liverpool's next couple of games. So I would imagine that they could even be top when we go into the new year. But are they the real deal? Uh, they're, they're excellent at the moment. I just I can't see it lasting the the the, the full length of the season, really. Um, I, I'm just not sure they've got the depth. Not that, not that we have either, to be honest with you. But... Um, I don't think so. I think they'll make a good fist of it. I think they'll I think they'll probably it'll be between them and Spurs, I think, who will be in the top four, but I don't think they'll I don't think they'll win it personally. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I've, I've sort of compared it to last season's Newcastle in a way, really, because they did the same, didn't they, and came in and they managed to hang on for fourth. But it was it fourth in the end. I can't remember, you know, Newcastle had a great season last year. They've come a little bit unstuck this year. They're, I think it's their away form, isn't it, that's, that's letting them down. But no, they're a good side. They've got a great manager and uh, full credit to them. Full credit to them. I, I like the fact that the top four isn't the same top four all the time. Well, the, 
you know, as long as we're there, but, uh, you know, it's shared about, you know, I'm welcome, we've had this discussion before, haven't we? I welcome the Newcastles and the Aston Villas because it puts the other established clubs, shall we say, it puts them out a bit and they don't like it and there'll be a new rule soon where Aston Villa are not allowed to keep winning and, uh, you know, if, uh, if they're taking Tottenham and uh, United's place in the top four, they'll, they'll not be happy, will they? But no, welcome to them, uh, you know, and good luck to them to a degree. You talked there about, you know, being allowed to in that, in that jokey way that we have because we know that the world feels against City at the moment with all these FFP charges. I was speaking to somebody at Luton who just sort of slid over and, and revealed to me that he'd been involved with the legal team that were helping City fight Cass and won the UEFA uh, a, a challenge, obviously, the, the charges that they'd put forward. And he suggested um, that actually City's better approach might have been rather than, may even be now, rather than fight the charges directly, to actually find, fight the legality of FFP as an entity because it's a restriction of trade and doesn't allow for growth within companies and investment and, and stuff like that, which I completely agree with, by the way. And you saying that you hope that Newcastle, I don't begrudge Newcastle being now part of the new group. I feel that way. Um, I think a lot of fair-minded City fans will feel that way. And, and I wonder whether... We don't know quite what's going on. City might be taking that approach. And if they don't take it initially, depending on the outcome, whether that might ultimately be their their end game. And I've said before on the podcast that the it feels like there's a storm on the horizon. And that would be part of a big storm if FFP was to be completely unseated by this battle between the Premier League and City. Don't you think? Is that not the way to go? Yeah, definitely. But one battle at a time, I reckon. I don't, I, it's it's not going to happen before the FFP battle, is it? It's not going to. We're not going to turn things around that easy. But if City lost, for example, then um, I think there'd be a lot of money put into that battle. But but uh, one step at a time, I guess. Obviously, one of the, the the sort of you know I said about soundbite reasons for City's form dipping, as well as the absence of Rodri, as, as well as other things. One of the things I've seen in the tabloids and in the you know the Twitterati or the Xerati or whatever you call it these days <laughs> is that um, City are being affected by these charges hanging over them. I don't personally think that's got anything to do with it whatsoever, but it's a great thing for the you know the tabloids to latch onto, really, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, it's just a it's just a different narrative, isn't it? To have a have a kind of a pop at City, I I don't think they're affected by it. Um, who but who knows? You'd have to be you'd have to ask the team personally, wouldn't you? And the uh, and the manager, and the, they would claim otherwise, I'm sure. But it uh, it doesn't seem to me that that would that would affect them. No. When you look what's happened to Everton since the 10-point deduction and the way that they've resurged, yeah. you would actually argue the opposite, wouldn't you? That maybe City are buoyed up by the fact that this is hanging over them and giving them an extra incentive. And that went that, that last year when Pep did his big Churchillian speech um, about I'm going to stay here and, you know, it's us against the world kind of thing, um, that saw the upturn in City's fortunes, didn't it? So... To claim the opposite this year is a bit futile. I don't, I don't think they'll be 
I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think they I don't think any loss of form is anything to do with uh, FFP. Now, I know one subject that's close to your heart, uh, Craig, so I'll bring you in on this in a minute or two, is is the subject of fans and um, the man that we all idolise, Pep, uh, and the fact that he's been turning around sort of urging fans to make a lot more noise. Now, I know like <coughs> me, Steve, you go to pretty much every game and Paul goes to, goes to all the home games and some of the away games like our European trip. We experience different crowds in different places. We also experience what it's like in the away end as opposed to at the Etihad. Um, Stephen, let, let me ask you, what do you think when you see Pep urging the crowd on and trying to make make them make more noise, what, what runs through your mind? It was the Liverpool game, weren't it? And I think after 12 kickoffs do affect every every game, not not just our own games, you know, Liverpool's own games, United's own games, even Arsenal or whatever. I do think there's a bit of a... The Premier League isn't this all-singing, dancing atmosphere, I don't think. You know, there are times when every single ground... I mean, Anfield is... You'll never walk alone, Liverpool, Liverpool for five minutes, and then if they've not scored, it goes very quiet. And and as does ours, you know. I mean, for me, I I think we. I'm not. I know somebody said this before, but I think we sit back and watch the football. It's that good, you know. Yeah. Like I know Paul, you you sit near the uh, singers, don't you? And you're in there. Yeah. So uh, I I just think it, it's not just us, even though it's always aimed at us. Uh, it, it's more. It's a Premier League thing. I don't think the atmosphere is great at. Every ground. I know Crystal Palace do very well in that corner, don't they? They keep it going. And a few of us, the away fans of every team always have the day out and this they're louder than the home fans. And 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 that's that's I think that's just how it is. The away fans are on a day out. You know, so uh and home fans I think he's he's not doing anything wrong. I mean it's like we go back to the press. Oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, he's got to encourage the city fans to sing and this, that, and the other. The other year, it's all oh, please turn up, won't you, for Saturday's game and what have you. You know, everybody's there every home game. It's it's sold out every home game. You know, so it's just a, and it's another stick to beat us with. And well, if if they're finding things like that, that means we're doing all right at football because they can't uh, they can't call us for football. We're winning things. We've got a fantastic team to watch, and that's the little trivial things that they can have a go at us. And they, and let's face it, the media look for any opportunity to have a go at our club. We definitely fill the ground at every home game. But um, you, Paul, you you actually were one of those who boycotted Wembley, weren't you, for the Community Shield? And the Community Shield was um, a lot quieter. And I've said this before on the podcast that the uh, it seemed like Ruben Diaz and maybe Pep and some of the players were unaware of that boycott. In fact, I found out after the event that they weren't told. And when Ruben Diaz was going, come on to the crowd, um, there was no response really, or not the sort of response you'd have expected from a City crowd at Wembley. 
And when he asked the question as to why they were so quiet, so untypically quiet, he got the answer then that he wasn't expecting, which is there's been a boycott, but we didn't want to tell you uh, because we didn't want it to affect you. And he was like a little bit shocked by that. And it makes me wonder if that something like that is behind all this. But but you, you are in the singing <clears throat> section, Paul, so you have a, the perfect um, viewpoint to this as to whether what Stephen said, which is we stand there admiring the football and forget to sing. I mean, I don't sing anyway, I'll admit that. I've said that many times. Thank, thank God for that. I've heard you in the car. <laughs> Ian. Um, I, I can only right. thank you for that and the other 55,000 do as well. <laughs> what's your take? Go on, what's your take, Paul? Um, to be honest, I mean, is it, it's, it's like we were saying before, there's not one factor, I don't think. I think a massive factor, what I'm seeing in, in, in I'm in block 111, so it's right on the seg line next on the, the sort of right-hand side of the fans. And I'm seeing it specifically on Champions League matches is the, um, you know, your foreign fan coming in. And I don't, by that mean, I don't mean your foreign city fan. I mean, someone who basically has come to watch the Champions League. They don't know who's playing hardly any of the players' names or anything. They, they're doing a, um, a vlog from the ground, from the stand, with their iPads in front of them. I'm seeing a massive, massive influx of that. Now, that kills the atmosphere straight away because you've got some... You've not, they're not even singing. They don't know the words. They don't know anything. They're not even cheering when they score. They've come for a day out to watch the Champions League. So... For that reason, I say we should have a neutral section. Like I think the a lot of the foreign uh, rounds we go to um, have a neutral section where you can go, you can turn up on the day and get a ticket and just go in the neutral section and watch the game. You, you're not, you know, you, you're in a crap part of the ground. You're out of the way. Um, you're not gonna, you're not gonna affect anything. You're just there to watch the match. Now. The other thing is kickoff times is a massive thing. Let's let's have it right. The atmosphere is just, great just, when we can all have a drink. Just let me backtrack on what you said there. Sorry. Um, because you made a really good point there about this neutral section, etc. Um, but are you telling me that in your block, 111, or in the singing section, there are yeah. what you might call tourists or whatever, the yeah. ones who are there on the yeah. day out, right? They're not in those sections, surely, so they don't affect... Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They're in every single section of the ground. It's more Champions League games, to be fair, and you see it a lot midweek games. And I think that's because, I mean, I struggle myself. You know, I struggle to get to midweek games because um, I'd have to shut the garage early and just the, the logistics of it are, are a nightmare for me. So I do struggle. I make sure somebody has my ticket. So my seat's always got someone in it um, and the person who goes in it, I ask my mates who stand around as long as they've have they contributed? And if they have, then they can go again. If they don't, they're not going again. So it's as simple as that. But the, the week in, week out, I'm seeing more and more of these um, international fans who they're not there. They're not there to support either side. They're just there to watch Champions League because they're in England and there's a Champions League game on while they're here. And I don't know where they get the tickets from. I don't know how they get them. Uh, and I don't know how much they're paying for them. I know they're paying a hell of a lot of money for them, but I don't know where they're getting them from. I have asked a few, but they can't speak English, most of them, so I couldn't I couldn't get anything out. Um, kickoff times, again, they're a massive thing. Um, I think Craig mentioned it a bit early when we, we were talking about having a drink. 
part of my day out is not just the football. It's the whole, it's the whole thing. I meet my mates. We do things. We, you know, we have little little things we have to do to make sure that we win. You know, you got to wear the right boxes. You've got to eat a meat potato pie and a chip muffin before the match and have a Jaeger bomb. You've you've got to do certain stuff and little rituals that we all go through. I think. Um, so the football's a big. It's it's not just the football. It's the whole experience. And having a beer with me mates because I don't, I, you know, we don't see each other much apart from when the football's on. We we you know we do like a beer together. And um, if you if if you if you your beer time's cut down, you're not as vociferous. You're not as you know having as much to drink and 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 being loud like you like everybody gets when they've had a drink. So that affects it. Um, again, the football we're watching it's mesmerising. Um, so there's a lot of times where we're actually just. Instead of having a go at the away fans, we're actually sat watching the football. You know, I always say, me, if it gets boring, we can always watch the football. And you know, it's 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 a massive factor. It's a massive factor, but we can do it. I mean, you know, there's certain games we've we've played where we can actually get an atmosphere going. And when it is going, there's no better atmosphere in Premier League or World Football. Um, you know, we go back to the Liverpool game. That was the worst away performance, shall we say, of 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 a set of fans this season. They they sung a little bit at the beginning. Um, they sung when they scored. That was it. That was it. So, a, an atmosphere is created by both sets of fans. If you've got a quiet away section, it can be a quiet home section as well. You can, and if the game's a certain type of game. That can affect the performance. It's up to the players to lift us and us to lift them. It's a, it works in harmony, doesn't it? It's it's a very complex issue, atmosphere at a football, and um, I don't think it's an easy one to fix. And my only sorry, my 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 issue isn't with that. It, it, it with that. It's with kind of pet. Um, and listen, I, I'm, I've got to prefix this with. Uh, Absolutely adore Pep. He's the best manager we've ever had. I never want him to leave. I'd be throwing myself in front of his car if he attempted. <laughs> but um, but I, I I think he's ill-advised to call out the fans because it's that the fans get the stick after that. And yeah. it's simple if he wants to create a better atmosphere is lower the prices and... Don't convert your stand, your new stand into hospitality because you'll just get old people like me who don't want to sing going in there. It, you know, make a safe standing section, lower the prices, get you know, get and you you will just have the best singing atmosphere in the world because you've treated the fans properly and how they should be and, and the community should be. Years and years ago, when I went to City and I wanted to sing, I couldn't afford to go in the hospitality then, and not not a lot of pe- not a lot of young people can, um, especially uh, you know when it costs a living crisis. So I just think Pep's will advise to 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 speak out like that. Um, just have, don't 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 have a word with us. Have a word with your bosses and say what can you do? What can we do about this collectively as a club? 
simple. Think, do you think yeah. he's cosseted from this? Do you think? I mean, Pat- I, I think he must be. I mean, you 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 were saying before that uh, Ruben Diaz didn't or Pep weren't told about the uh, about the Community Shield match. I can only presume he is because he's such a sussed individual. Um. Why would he come out with, you know, why, why does he come out with stuff like that? Um, he, you know, he, he also knows it's 12.30. Nobody wants a 12.30 match. Uh, the, 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 like Paul said, the Liverpool fans were quiet and they're not notoriously quiet, are they? It, it, it's the time of the kickoff. Uh, also, it's very, it's, it's, a, it's a stressful game. Everybody's very apprehensive before any goals are scored. Either way, at, 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 at those big matches, um, but essentially he should be having a word with his bosses, or his bosses should be doing something about it. If Pep wants an atmosphere, then look for go. You know some of the top end percentages that you get from having hospitality and having tourists. We know we all know they want that. And I've got no problem with anybody coming from any part of the world to 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 city to watch them. It's one big family and I, I love it. But if you want the local lads singing, lower the prices and just get a safe standing area. Spend money on your objective. If, if Pep's objective is that the crowd are the 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 12th man then 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 do something about buying the 12th man and uh, you know perhaps don't buy another 100 million pound defender get a safe standing area and you know subsidize beer oh yes put some money back into the community I was with a City fan, a long-standing City fan, not dissimilar in age to me, coming back from Luton, who was saying that he doesn't feel that the legacy fans and the legacy fans are the one who know knows know all about this and um, you know do the a lot of the singing and clearly by definition have been going for many many years. That he doesn't feel that they are valued by the club and that whenever one of the I never get these by the way, but I believe that there are surveys sent out to fans now and again, and that he always fills in when it says, do you feel valued as a fan? No, or whatever the lowest score is. Is that the problem, do you think? Uh, Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's a business at the end of the day, isn't it? It, It's a company that wants to make profit. Let's not kid ourselves, but, um, you know, there are different ways to make profit. And if if the crowd makes the players play perform better, as Pep claims, or as, as the players often claim, then do something about it. Um, but, you know, they don't tend to because they're happy that, 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 that people come from far and wide and go in the souvenir shop. And, I mean, it's rammed in. I had to go in somebody's birthday and they, they said, can you pick us up a... Um, uh, a, a sort of a, a gift voucher from the souvenir shop, which they didn't have, funnily enough. They had everything else, but you can't buy a gift <laughs> Anyway, but that's not a problem. But I went in and it is absolutely rammed. And this is about two or three hours before the match. And it's rammed. Uh, so they're making money hand over fist in them places. But, but from tourists, now you're kind of regular fans, uh, you know, won't be going in there all the time. So, so yeah, it's just, it's all about money. But 
if it's about results and then then you know and, and as i've just said i'm just reiterating that you know put put some money back into the club by you know building safe standing singing areas also they split up the singing areas because they split split up the um the home fans with away fans don't they in the south stand uh, yeah and i don't know i mean a lot of people like to be next to the uh, away fans because that generates an atmosphere of banter or you know that's a polite way of saying shouting <laughs> abuse uh, but I can understand why it generates an atmosphere but at City they kind of split aren't they and it's kind of one side of the South Stand starts singing something and the other side catch up and by which time the other side have started singing something else that doesn't help so I you know I, I, I get them all together but it they have the ability to do whatever they want. And if what they want, because they, they have the money to pump into it. Uh, and if what they want is a better atmosphere, do something about it. So are we concluding that Pep and perhaps even some of the people in the club are not um, in touch enough with the conversation, like the sort of conversation that we're having? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, they, they, well, they can't be. They, they either they can't be, or they're pretending, or they just don't care. Um, none of which is very encouraging or uh, attractive. But um, I mean, Ian, <clears throat> sorry, Ian, you you kind of know how things work a bit more inside than we do. But I visualize, I visualize city of loads of people following. The, the the main man around with clipboards and oh yes sir yes sir yes oh yeah oh that's a great idea oh let's let's bring this in oh that's a oh that's a fantastic idea oh no let's do this oh you're right there that's not I imagine there's a load of stuff going on like that you know the emperor's new clothes kind of thing where you know somebody comes with an absolutely bobbins idea because they're thinking outside the box and have this uh, you know blue sky thinking, you know, and all that sort of nonsense. Is that, is that, would you say that's how happens? Because in my experience of working at like main dealers and things, them kind of compartmentalized things basically create rubbish. When if you actually listen to the people at the pointy end of the stick, who have to deal with it, they get better results. Would you say that's fair? Well, the club has, has expanded very, very quickly, hasn't it? And it's it recruited a lot of people. A lot of them have come in from university and are very well educated, uh, but not necessarily have the history uh, that uh, a legacy fan would have. And I can't tell you how much it frustrates me because I'd love to be on the inside of the club having these types of conversations. I know they have city matters and I know that, uh, you know... Um, Toddy, who comes on the the podcast from now and is doing an amazing job. Um, he, he's loved by all of the the sort of legacy fans and the older fans. He's been going as long as me. I remember him from the football specials and everything. Um, and you'll have seen Mark actually on the the vlog briefly yesterday. If you're wondering who I'm talking about, he's in a wheelchair. That doesn't stop him doing anything. By the way, he's just a marvelous man. But he's said he's probably said on this podcast actually that sometimes it feels like he's it, the club pay lip service service to it and it feels to me as if we need a, a stronger voice within the club who has this 
knowledge and experience might not be at university educated might not have diplomas coming out the backside but actually has is in touch with you know what what football is really about and that seems to me what's missing i think well, they spend, uh, sorry, sorry Paul, go on, mate. Go on. <clears throat> i'm just going to say they, they, they spend a lot of time and effort doing this you know the media side of things if you like social media they spend seem to spend loads of time on this football computer football stuff that seems to you know get take a lot of the retention you know what i couldn't give a monkey about anything like that i'm really not bothered what what affects my match day is the price of the beer and whether you get served in time to to get a pint in before the the game starts and miss a goal either side of half time Frankly, then, the are, they, are you the type of fan that City want now, Paul? That's there's a no, question. no, absolutely no. I've, I mean, I don't know where I've, somebody's told me this, and I, I don't know if it's on this past podcast or, or something I've spoke to in 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 the ground. I've heard they do not want season ticket holders. They're going to do their utmost to get rid of season ticket holders. Um, we don't make we don't generate them any money. You know, we literally don't come in the ground early. We have a drink outside. We come in, the £40 ticket or whatever we spend. Uh, we don't go in a souvenir shop. We don't buy burgers at half time. We cost money for them to steward us, and they cost money for, them, for the police to steward and, and, and look after us or whatever. It's better to them to have a person who comes in every week, a different person sat in my seat, because that person will... They'll go on a studio tour. They'll do all the tours beforehand. They'll go on a souvenir shop. They'll buy the half and half scarves. They'll video. They'll social media. They'll spread it all around the world. That one person will probably spend three, four hundred pound compared to my forty pound. Now the fact that I'm going to every game, for, I've been going season ticket holder since I was sort of eight. That means nothing in pounds and pence to the to the club. Yeah, but you know. I I would put it to you that you are exactly the fan that Pep wants because he wants someone who's going to sing and shout and cheer the team <laughs> on for greater success. So there's a that's what Pep wants. In other words, there's a dis- that's what Pep yeah. wants. But there's, so therefore, there's a disconnect between what Pep wants and what his bosses want. Absolutely. So that's, my, that's my whole point that, that you know... Um, you, know, you need to tell him next time you see him, then, Craig. Just have a word in his ear. Just uh, tell him. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I would. I was just going to say, if people in in the higher places in the club, the one person that I think who really goes above and beyond and tries his very best to help people like us is Danny Wilson. Yeah, who, who really does do a lot behind the scenes to help normal supporters. I think it's above him that if us four, for example, on Saturday don't go to Crystal Palace, they don't care because four other people will sit in our seat, like Paul said. Yeah. You know, yeah. but uh, I mean Paul, you know, you are you're buying a drink in the ground and you know, like I know I know you're not you're going out first, but you are buying a drink in the ground and you you know you you're in that part of the ground that's creating the atmosphere. You know, I can't I don't even buy a drink. You know, it's, it's... you know, you know what we've stopped. We've stopped because we can't get served quick enough, and the fare that we're drinking is absolute. You know, they treat us like idiots serving us rubbish beer. 
why go that when I can go in Connick Club and get me beer in a in a, in a proper glass yeah, with a yeah. proper head on it, and you know why why do that and I can get it for a, a, a third of the price, you know. Yeah. So we used to. I mean, my mate Jonah, I got the matches with. He's missed. We we have, we have a laugh at him because he's missed so many goals because he's happy to go to the bar earlier to get the beers in. We've he's missed them afterwards because it's took that long to get served and you don't want to rush his pint. He's missed goals afterwards. So he's missed more goals, I think, than than a lot of people have seen. It's just it's it's the whole thing is just wrong. Um, that, you know, for obviously what... doing doing that creates this other problem of people going out of the seats ten minutes before half time, coming back ten minutes before after yep. the second half has started. Which yep. is a good thing, I'm sure. Pep looks at and thinks, why is the ground not you know absolutely yeah. full and attentive uh, for the full ninety minutes? You know, and uh, exactly, we've got the the problems coming. I think with co-op live when that opens, it's already lots of people starting to leave five or ten minutes before the end. So you only really have that little period in the middle of each half where everybody's there being completely attentive um, and prepared to be part of the atmosphere. So uh, there's a lot of lot of issues to, to talk about. I'm sure we'll come back to a subject like this in the future. Well, yeah, some... I think the atmosphere is there sort of, what would you say, 75% of the time? It, it, you know, it can yeah. be there, but, you know, we're not, we're not as bad as the media make out and what have you. And, you know, it, it, it's not very often that he does do the gestures and what have you. It was a big game, Liverpool. And like, like we, you know, we've all said, the ground the ground was quiet. And uh, it, was a, it was a good performance from us as well, I thought. Uh, do you know, for the last 10 minutes. Do you not know, sort of think VAR's had a massive impact on it as well? Because I know where, it, I, know where I stand it has. Yeah, um, yeah. Since the Tottenham goal got disallowed, we... We're right on the cliff face where we stand in that in them blocks. I've not just in my block, but on the other side. The amount of times that I've been going ballistic, I've been on the floor when we've scored. You know, Tottenham Champions League. You know that when it got disallowed at the right at the end, I was on the floor. There was about thirty people on top of me. We we were at, Tottenham fans were walking out, and then it got called back. VAR disallowed it. It stops people celebrating spontaneously as well. And I think that, uh, you know, you don't want to be jumping around like an idiot because you, you're constantly looking at the screen. And, you, yeah. you know, when when they scored at weekend and um, even the players, you could see the players sort of like looking up at the screen, you know, in the corner of their eye to, to see oh, whether there was a VAR check, you know. So these these that as well, you know, that kind of creeps into the thing as I well. Did I, I did that yesterday when Grealish scored. Because I yeah. thought Alvarez had handballed it when I, you know, looking yeah, at it. Yeah, it was his face on it, yeah. You know, yeah. Grealish, Grealish ran over to where people were and you could see him say to Alvarez, did you handball it? Yeah. You know, so that yeah. you're right. Yeah. It, is, it does affect it. Well, the, the, it's getting more and more forensic as well, isn't it? It's getting closer. It's just getting inspected more and more because they make, it's still make, and it's not, it's not doing anything. You know, we, they're still making countless mistakes with it so it's uh i don't can we have a show of hands who thinks it's a good idea var hands up those who do <laughs> can uh, i can i can put none of the four of us so i, I mean you multiply that by 50 thousand people uh you know it i don't just get this <laughs> Do you think that, it's the system it, rather than the, bit, the people that operate the system that can't do it? 
you if know, it was, if, I tell you what, if it was what it said on the tin, which is clear and obvious mistakes, I yes. can handle it. But it's never been that. It is never going to be that. Yeah, it's, it's, just... to, it's, to, it's, it's turning football into WE wrestling, where they can control yeah. the, the narrative, they control it from month to month, week to week. They can have good teams and a bad team, a good manager, a bad manager. You know, you'll be having... You'll have him Vince McMahon walking out, banging on his chest, you know, and sort of like with his big suit on when we sign a new player. It's 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 going to be, it's heading that way, I'm afraid. And it's, it's making me not, you know, I'm not as in love with football at the moment as I have been over the years. And it's purely down to VAR. It's, it's killing it for me. Yeah, and you always get the answer that, look, we better get used to it because it's not going to change, we're not going to go back. And I think to myself, why? Why wouldn't you mm. go back? If, yeah. if if the whole of the, certainly match going public, think it's a bad idea, why can't you reverse it and say, hang on, we'll just go, we'll, we'll go back to refereeing. We'll all get mad at the ref and then we get over it. But at least we're enjoying the game as the game progresses and, you know, the referee's word is final and what have you. Why, why now we're getting more and more in depth as to how we might fix the VAR and it takes longer and longer and longer. Why can't we just stop? I, I don't I, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't know why. We because there's another reason for it rather than footballing reasons. Obviously, that's the, that's the reason they do anything and keep flogging this dead horse because he's obviously another reason from footballing reasons. Surely there's, there's something... More going on than just they can't work it properly. Um, well. The subject then to for this podcast is is just what's coming up next, which is a trip to Belgrade. Is uh, you and I very well know Paul uh, for a dead rubber game, and it literally is a dead rubber because all four clubs are in their final positions in this group. So even Belgrade have got nothing to play for. It's not as if since Pep put a weak team, Pep puts a weak team out that somebody could say you've you've destroyed the credibility of the uh, the the competition because it's not going to affect anything. So are we all expecting Pep to put out literally um, a different 11 to the 11 that I've played at Luton and will play next week against Crystal Palace? Or do you think he's going to do something that we're not expecting? I mean, I would I would expect it to be like that. There's, yeah. only, there's only so many players in the squad, isn't there? You have yeah, to but name he, I mean, he could if he, if he wanted to. He could bring in you know, a couple of EDS players and yeah. you could really, really dumb it down. I don't mean that in an unkind way, you know, no, but, no. but sort of dumb it down really and, and pretend. Could even play Calvin Phillips, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, he I some play people on say, you know, you're better off playing a, a good team out there and trying to get the rhythm going, as it were. But I, I personally think that he'll... Well, how, how, well, how do you feel, though, uh, Cheesy? Because you're, 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 you're paying to go over there to see him. Would, would you prefer that he rested top players and stuff and, and played uh, Oscar Bob and all, all, all the... the, the uh, the younger, less experienced players, or do you think, well, I'm going all that way, I want to see a proper game? That's a clever question, Craig. That's why you're on. Because you, the way <laughs> you've asked that question, the way you've asked that question is, 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 is means that I'll give a different answer than maybe I would if I was sitting at home and hadn't gone there and, oh. and watched it on TV. Because 
you know, we have, Paul and I have paid money and we are going out there. Um, and I, when you're a paying spectator and you're going to a match, you want to see the best version of your team and you ideally want to see them win and certainly play well. Um, if you're at home and you're not invested in it in the same way, both literally and metaphorically, then you go, yeah, oh yeah, play all the week, team, don't matter if we get beat 10-0. So, don't pick up injuries. Yeah, so my answer yeah. as a fan who's going to the game is, yeah, I want to see the strongest team, but I do understand the logic um, from of protecting players, but what do you think, Paul? You're going to the game. You're... Um, I'm, I'm in two, I'm two camps here, but obviously if we're going to put out a proper strong team, we can get the injuries. Um, and that'll mean I won't be able to drink as much because I want to watch the game. So if we're putting out a weakened team, <laughs> then we can sample some of that, um, the, the the markets that they're obviously going to have at this time of the year with maybe some um, mulled wine and stuff like that, possibly. So um depends really what team he puts out to, uh, to how much fun you have during the day, I think. Um, but yeah, no, we've paid money. I shut my garage down for three days. So it cost me... You know, it cost me not just to to go there, but I don't I don't take any money for three days. So, um, you know, I want to see I want to see a competitive game, shall we say? Now, whether that's including all the stars, um, if it doesn't include the stars, then I want to see these young kids come out and entertain me. So, you know, as long as I'm entertained, I'm not really bothered who's in the team. I just want it to be an entertaining game, and hopefully that'll be it. Craig and Steve are presumably watching the game on TV. So do you have a different view because you're not financially invested in it and in time and money? It's difficult to say because um, we're not going to the game. Uh, so uh, I, I think I'd like to think even if I was, I was, I'd be thinking, look, it's a complete dead rubber. Don't risk any injuries because, OK, we might win and we might get a better game. But um you know, it's going forward that counts. It'd be very, very interesting to see what Pep actually does because he, he usually puts a strong side out, whether whether we're, we're through the uh, group stage or not, really. So, um, th but this is as you as you pointed out, Cheesy. It's a, it, it is unique in that everyone because because he said in the past that you know we have to fight for the other teams that want to go through to um, the, the knockout stage. Um, but now that that's all null and void anyway, um, what what is he going to do? Is he going to approach it differently? I suspect he will. I, I don't, because it's the injury thing and we've had too, too much of a bumpy road so far this season that I, I don't think he will. Let's just hope that Bayern Munich don't have that same approach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely with you on that. We want to see Bayern Munich win. Uh, well, maybe that's a good way to end the well, podcast, we've, actually. We've got that World Cup thing coming up as well, though, haven't we? That World Club thing. So that's, yeah. you know, coming up. So that's another thing to think about, I guess. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to ask you about the World Club Cup, but um, I think we'll call it a, a day there for this podcast. I'm going to do the next podcast on uh, Saturday evening after the Palace game, and that'll be on the eve of the World Club Cup. So we'll go into a, a lot more depth about that then. Uh, thanks very much to AMAR Development UK, who are also sponsoring the, the podcast this season, the builders of uh, so many great buildings. I mean, if you look in the Middle East in particular and you look at Dubai, often you see AMAR Development 
development actually on the the big buildings there, which looks very very impressive. But they've also uh, took over the uh, the Stockport Pyramid and a, a building. Uh, loads of great stuff there as well, and uh, very kindly sponsoring the the podcast. So I'm indebted to them as well as Counting King, and of course I am indebted to Steve, to Paul, and to Craig for their contributions to the the podcast. Check out the the YouTube vlog that I did at Luton if you want to see what that was like. And of course I'll be doing something similar out in Belgrade during the week. Hopefully it won't be Arctic out there, but looking at the weather forecast, it might actually be slightly better than it is in the UK. I'm not saying it's going to be tropical but um, given the weather we've had in the UK recently I think it might be slightly better so uh, thanks very much for listening um, and as ever whatever you remember from this uh, podcast even if you forget the other three and anything I've said just remember <laughs> this one thing right it's great to be a blue <laughs>